Hello, and welcome to the Heavenbound Podcast. My name is Jason Harden. I'm here with Roger Schaus, and we're opening the Bible in search of fuel for your spiritual journey. This is where we talk about life the way it was meant to be and what it means to be a disciple of Jesus in the 21st century. Wherever you are, thanks for joining us on the journey today. Welcome. We're so glad to have you with us. This month, we're talking about the subject of what I wish somebody had told me. And this is a part of life that a lot of times we, we see in different areas. Sometimes a, a freshman in college starts off and they may think, boy, I wish they told me how hard college was or start a new job and then you're, you're just not told all the things about that job and kind of, kind of hits you kind of hard. Well, that, that's true even spiritually. And we, in our first segment of this little series, we've talked about the journey can be long. And uh, you you come to Christ, you learn about him, you get so excited, but then that old river flows, and weeks become months, months become years, years become decades, and you're still just going along. And sometimes that can kind of weary for people. Our second lesson, we talked about how Satan doesn't leave you alone. And uh, you may think, well, now that I'm a Christian, he's going to run to someone else, but sometimes he runs after you, and how you need to deal with that. Well, there's a third segment that we want to talk about today, and this is kind of a hard lesson to talk about, and it's something that really bothers a lot of Christians, and it's one of those things that most of us learn, uh, we, we have an experience with this, and it's hard, and that is sometimes brethren disappoint you. And you you look up to maybe an older Christian, or you look up to an elder or a preacher, and and you realize that sometimes they're not the way that they ought to be, and that can just kind of jar your faith a little bit. Sometimes leaders don't lead, and sometimes members act more like the world than the world does. And there are occasions when sometimes the the next door neighbor who's not a Christian treats you more kindly and, and is more benevolent than maybe members of the church are, and that bothers you. Sometimes mean things are said. Sometimes people gossip. And all of that can just kind of rattle you a little bit because you think, well, we all are supposed to be following Jesus, but why do some people disappoint me? And so those are some things we want to kind of talk about. And I think one of the best places to begin is in Second Timothy chapter 4. It's really the last page of inspiration that the Apostle Paul would write about. And as he's wrapping up this letter, he brings to our attention several names. And we want to pull out three of them because they, they would fall into what we'd call the Hall of Fame of Disappointments. <laughs> In verse 10, he says, For Demas, having loved this present world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Demas left me. And in verse uh, 14, He says, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. And then in verse 16, at my first defense, no one supported me, but all deserted me. Where were they? They weren't there. And so with these closing sentences, we almost see the tears of disappointment. Why did Demas leave? Why is Alexander being such a pain to Paul? And, and, and where is everybody when I need them? And, and those very things are things that we can say sometimes. And so, Jason, what we want to talk about is 
what am I supposed to do when I've been disappointed by others? Yeah, I, you know, this is a great passage to begin with because we know, we, we don't know a whole lot about Alexander the coppersmith, but we do hear Demas's name in other places, right? Back in Colossians chapter 4, in the little letter of Paul to Philemon, he is described four or five years before this as a fellow worker. This is someone that Paul knew and had a relationship with and was in fact working with Paul, pulling him the same direction, enduring the same sorts of things. These these were brethren, but somewhere along the way, Demas stumbled and you get the sense that he is in danger of losing everything. You asked why? Why did he desert Paul? Well, Paul, in his own words, says in verse 10 that Demas was in love with this present world. Now, you, you kicked it over this way to me. Well, uh, okay, what can I do when I'm in a Demas sort of situation like this? And the first thing that comes to my mind just from reading Second Timothy is to be honest. Um, be honest about how much that hurts. This is a letter that Paul is writing to Timothy, and you cannot read 2 Timothy 4 without hearing uh, the the fruit of a, a broken heart from the Apostle Paul. He's being honest with Timothy about what he is feeling. I think that is why he says in verse 9, do your best to come to me soon. We need to be honest with each other, and we need to be honest with the Lord. I know the Lord is where we're ultimately going to end up in verse 16, where Paul says, At my first defense, no one came to stand by me. We're going to experience really emotional, really difficult things at times, and one of the lovable things I believe about the book of Psalms right in the heart of our Bibles is you see people being really honest with God, not about just their own faults and foibles, but about how often people around them had hurt them and bringing that hurt in prayer to God. Yeah. And, and really you know, if we have a lot of time to really go through this, we would understand that Paul's not the first one. No. Um, go all the way back to the Psalms, and, and David was disappointed several occasions. His people let him down more than one occasion. But but the life of our Lord also reflects this. Uh, John 6, uh, when Jesus stopped feeding the people, many of them walked away from him. Yeah. Do you think he he was happy about that? No. He didn't run after them. He didn't say, wait a minute, I changed my mind. Here's more food. Stay. Uh, they left, and he let him go. Uh, Peter denying Judas betraying him. Uh, great disappointments. Uh, to see on more than one occasion the, the apostles arguing about which one was greatest. It's like, don't you guys get this? And, and never did Jesus ever say to them, 
I'm through with you guys. I, I'm bringing up the JV team because you guys are benched. He doesn't do that. He never does that. And so I, I think when we look at this, you know, one of the things as you have been Christian a while, uh, I know you have faced this, Jason, I face this as preachers. We, we, we oftentimes, uh, have been disappointed and hurt by things people have said. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they mean well, but it comes out sideways. And sometimes it's just meant to be cruel and it is cruel and it hurts you. And for a lot of people, that's enough to quit. Yeah. But one of the things we notice in Second Timothy 4, is that Paul is not quitting. The very last verse, the last sentence he writes in this chapter, and by the Holy Spirit, he says, the Lord be with your spirit, grace be with you. Mm-hmm. He has not given up on the Lord. And I think I think that's part of how we deal with this situation, is that, number one, we serve Jesus. Yeah. Uh, together we're a fellowship. Together we're here to help one another. Sometimes we make promises and we don't keep them. Sometimes we should be there and we haven't come. Sometimes we let people down. But if our faith is in one another, we will constantly be tripping and falling and our faith will crumble over and over and over. But if our faith is in the Lord, the Lord will never disappoint you. The Lord will never let you down. The Lord will never desert you. We have these promises from Psalms 23, 4, Hebrews 13, 5, over and over that. And, and, and when I read people sometimes and talk to people and, and things that they have written me, and they're so discouraged, most times, almost all times, it's because of what somebody has done to them, not the way Jesus has treated yeah, them. Yeah. And so first and foremost, our faith is in Jesus, and we got to remember that. Jesus is our rock, and that is true whether we're talking about relationships with brethren, uh, even in our own marriages, right? You and I both, Roger, have talked with far too many, let's say wives, who their husbands are not the men that those wives need them to be. But if those wives have a relationship with God through their husbands, it's not going to go well, right? They're not going to be able to weather that storm very well. Uh, No husband, no human husband has ever been called, no human husband is equipped to be the foundation of a wife's faith. No group of brethren, no no individual brother or sister in Christ, no congregation is equipped or adequate to be the rock on which I build my faith. That is Jesus Christ, right? Now, that does not mean that his people at times won't let me down. But I, I, I like that initial idea. Okay, I'm going to be honest with God about how much this hurts, and I'm going to make sure that I'm founded, number two, where I need to be. There are going to be times that winds blow and rains fall, and the source of the frustration or the hurt are my own brethren. But number one, am I founded on the rock? That's going to help me weather at least this initial storm. What else comes to your mind? Well, I I think it's important to remember that all of us are on a journey, and we're not at the same place. Some people may let you down because they just don't know any better. They need to grow. Some people are, are behind us. 
Uh, I, I love the analogy of, of driving down the highway. There's always somebody ahead of you, always somebody behind you, and quite often somebody right beside you. And we get this idea when we come into the church building Sunday morning, we're all at the exact same place. Yeah. Well, we're not. We've had different experiences, different backgrounds. Some of us have grown up. This is all we've ever known. And we have we have had amazing parents and grandparents to just just instill into us the, the love of the Lord. Others of us have come from broken homes. Others of us had, are, are learning this stuff for the first time, and we're the first generation, and, and it's hard. And so we need to remember that. And so when somebody has said something that's maybe unkind or somebody has done something that just disappoints me, I need to remember that. I need to remember where they are on this journey. And, and, and maybe I need to be a little more patient with them, a little more kind toward them, realizing that maybe they didn't understand what they said, how it came out. Or maybe they didn't realize that, you know, it does matter when you say, I'm going to be there, but then you don't come, um, to, to, to remind them and to help them with those kind of things. You know, one of the things that I think really needs to bubble up to the surface here is, there are going to be times that people around me hurt me, disappoint me. That does not give me the license to start throwing mud or wrestling down in the mud or or stooping to a, a lower level, right? I think of how often the Apostle Paul addressed this sort of thing in his letter, sometimes calling people by name, but one of the most overarching statements comes out of Romans chapter 12, where he says in verse 14, bless those who persecute you, bless and do not curse them, rejoice with those who rejoice, weep with those who weep, live in harmony with one another, do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly, never be wise in your own sight, repay no one evil for evil, but give thought to do what is honorable in the sight of all. And then listen to verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. There's an awareness there that some situations I cannot change. I, I, I cannot control what other people think or do. I can be honest with God and I can be honest with them and others about how much that hurts, right? But I, I can't make them do what I would like them to do. But I can, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. I can be the right example even when the actions and the words of other people is really hurtful. And, and I think as we go back to Second Timothy 4 where we started, yeah. uh, let, let's go back and revisit what he says about Alexander. Verse 14, 15. Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. The Lord will repay him according to his deeds. Be on guard against him yourself, for he vigorously opposed our teaching. And I want you to know those two things there. First of all, the apostle did not try to take care of Alexander. Mm. I'm going to give it to God. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he didn't, he didn't go on some campaign to try to smear Alexander. He didn't say, Timothy, if you get a chance, take out his kneecaps. He doesn't say that. <laughs> he, all he says is watch out for him. This, this man is dangerous. He opposes our teaching and you watch out. But he doesn't, it doesn't say, for my sake, get even with him. He doesn't do that. And so we got to remind ourselves that when somebody has disappointed or hurt us, we got to make sure that we don't, in, in turn, do the same thing back. 
and there's no excuse for that. And, and again, that, that idea of the golden rule, the idea of treating people the way we would like to be treated, that comes running through this. Yes, there'll be people who disappoint you. Yes, there's folks who, who have got one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom, and they need to make up their mind where they're going to be. But through all of that, I need to make sure that my character and my attitude and my words stand above all these things that, that I'm standing against and, and to be what God wants me to be. Yeah, yeah. And one of them, you know, we briefly mentioned it earlier, one of the most foundational things we can do, especially when it hurts, is to pray, right? To pray maybe first for our own hearts, um, to be honest with how that is feeling, um, how we're processing that, how much we need God's help to have the right sort of attitude and to weather the storm that, um, that, that we are enduring, maybe to be reminded by God of the grace that he has shown us and God then would you please help me to be a channel of grace even to this person? I mean, Jesus fundamentally there in the Sermon on the Mount teaches us not just to pray for our own hearts, not just to pray about our own hurts, but to pray for those who right now are choosing to live as our enemies. And there are few things that can get our perspectives refined and and sharpened the way that they ought to be than prayer. Absolutely. And, and I think of, as we go to Hebrews chapter 10, is another great reminder for us in verse 23 and verse 24, where there the writer says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds. Again, the, the idea of trying to channel this in the right direction. And somebody has disappointed us, rather than just writing them off, I'm done with you forever, uh, let's see how we can encourage them to do what's right. Yeah. Let's see if they can stop doing the disappointment and start encouraging other people. And, and to consider that stimulation of how we can help one another. Uh, sometimes that hurt has been there because no one has ever told this other person. And maybe they don't know that what they're doing is disappointing. And so maybe you're the one that can do that. It's, it's hard to do that. It's a challenge to do that. But I think those are some of the things that God places upon us and how important it is to do that. Yeah, and even if it doesn't go well, um, revisiting one more time, 2 Timothy 4, how sobering and heartbreaking to read Paul say, at my first defense, no one stood by me, all deserted me. But he says in the next verse, the Lord stood by me and strengthened me so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil deed and bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. There is the rock that Paul needs, right? At it sure would have been nice at times for brothers or sisters in Christ to be there for him at these crucial times. But our faith ultimately rests in, okay, even if 
These brethren disappoint me. They're not there for me in the way that I would have loved to have them be. I'm, I'm going to stay humble. I'm going to make sure I'm not that disappointment as much as depends on me, on others. And I'm going to root myself in the Lord who will never forsake me, never desert me. In a perfect world, there would be no Demas. Perfect world, there'd be no Alexander. In a perfect world, no one would ever desert us. But they do. They do. And so through this lesson, what we're trying to get you to see is uh, that will happen. That will happen to you. If it hasn't happened, it will happen. The question is, what are you going to do when it happens? Are you going to turn and attack that person and and try to uh, belittle them and destroy them? Are you going to just walk away from everything that you know is true because somebody let me down, someone disappointed me? Or are you going to go on like the Apostle Paul and realize, okay, these these folks are not doing maybe what they should be, but I continue with the Lord. The Lord is my Savior. The Lord has always supported me. The Lord has never disappointed me, and I continue with the Lord. And those those are the choices that we have before us. And And sadly, sometimes because of someone else, we've given up, and we can't let that happen. And sometimes the horror stories we hear about congregational troubles and splits and all the fights they have uh, is enough for some people to say, well, you know what? I'm done with all this. The Lord will never treat you that way. And so uh, lessons like this, you know, are kind of the cold reality of the world we live in. Uh, There will be no disappointments in heaven. There'll be no one who lets us down in heaven. There'll be no one who deserts us in heaven. But this is not heaven. And as we try to strive to get there and take as many people as we can with us, we need to realize that we continue on staying as close to Jesus as we can. That is the goal that is before us. Amen. What I wish someone had told me. Roger, thanks for joining me today and for the first three parts of this series. Lord willing, next Friday, we'll have one more in this Friday's in February series. We appreciate all of you for listening to the Heaven Bound podcast. We hope our conversation has helped you set your mind on things above and given you a little more fuel for your journey. Always remember, when you're walking with Jesus, you're heaven bound and the best is yet to come.